Today on the Scott Radley Show on 900 CHML. Welcome to the Scott Radley Show for pre-Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve Eve, if you were. Glad you're along with us as you probably are preparing furiously for holidays or stuffing a turkey or whatever it takes. Whatever you have to do, do it. Just have us on in the background. It's okay. We're glad you're here. We're glad you're here on this Friday for... I mean, every Friday we do something called the brightest conversation in Hamilton Radio. No different today. Even if it is just two days before Christmas and people's minds are shutting down and they're foggy through a haze of eggnog and other things, we are here and we are going to we are going to offer the brightest conversation in Hamilton Radio. And there, there is only one natural way to do that. If you remember the story of Christmas from the Bible, the wise men came from the east. So naturally, Jamie West joins us tonight. <laughs> How long did it take you to write that? About 30 seconds when I was trying to think, what should I say about Jamie West today? And I thought, you know, the oh. wise men were from the East. So naturally, if it's the brightest conversation, let's bring Jamie West in today. I don't know yeah, what this says. It's it's uh, it's cute. What can I say? I mean, uh, <laughs> this is what you do. You're a writer. You're, you know, you're gifted with the word and a turn of the phrase and all of that. Oh, see, uh, I because, thought you were going to say I'm a bloviating gas bag, which is the mm-hmm. usual thing. So, you know, no, just that, re- rearranging 26 letters every day. That's all we do. <laughs> there you go. And I know Santa Claus wasn't available to you uh, this evening because, of course, he's too, too busy getting ready for the ride tomorrow night. So he was not available. So you got a guy whose midsection is starting to look like Santa Claus. So I'm kind of filling Aren't in. we all? Aren't we all? Now, yeah. This I was going to say this is probably going to be the first normal Christmas, I would think, for a lot of people in a bunch of years. Yeah. And if and but normal, you're right. Normal means we all look a little more like Santa after the COVID <laughs> 15 or 20 or 25 or whatever it is. Absolutely. And, and in my case, uh, you know, I started to realize that it, during COVID, when I wasn't going out a lot, I, that meant I didn't have to shave a lot. And then the next thing I realized was my beard was starting to come in really white <laughs> at uh, 56 years of age. So I thought, geez, maybe I could, uh, you know, impersonate Santa sometime, you yeah, know, new career. There are there are a few a couple of weeks ago. There was a great piece in The Spectator about a guy from Hamilton who was doing online Santa visits for people. I mean, you know, maybe that's a thing for down the road. All of us who now have that white beard and are getting a little <laughs> chunkier. Uh, well, whatever whatever the word is, you know, thank goodness for Santa. It's a it's a it's a career option for those who are moving up a few years. So, yeah, yeah. But do you I think just... the, do you think this is going to be a finally a normal Christmas for people? That's what you I'm kind of looking at this like it's it's finally people can get back together. You know what? It feels like it to me. It, it it does. And when I say, well, you know what you'd ask, well, why does it feel that way? And it feels that way just because of the lead up. Um, I don't know about you, but as I've been sort of out and about, I've sensed a, a, a more normal kind of pace out there, pre-Christmas pace, if you will. Um, the stores have been a little bit busy. Now, I don't I don't go to the mall. I, one of the things that the pandemic did for me was it brought me into the world of online shopping. And I probably am not going to depart from it at any point because it's just far too convenient uh, for me. Um, I, I don't like going to the malls, but when I'm, you know, zipping here and zipping there and I'm in the grocery store and other specialty stores and stuff, I just get the feeling that it's okay. And then as I talk to people, you know, lots of people have been saying to me, you know, we we're having, we're bringing back traditions that we had, uh, before the pandemic and everybody seems a little bit excited about the get-togethers now I know i'll tell you people... one tradition you mentioned the mall i'll tell you one tradition that's yeah. back that shows that things might be back to normal i was given the finger at the mall while trying to find a parking spot the other day i felt <laughs> like it was normal christmas again <laughs> there nothing is nothing like, like the, yeah the the battle the the like death battle for a parking spot at the mall before christmas in the weeks before christmas is is once once people have returned to their usual sort of level of simmering rage before shopping for christmas gifts i know things are normal again well they are and i mean you know we've gone from uh painting inspirational sayings on rocks and leaving <laughs> them in parks and baking bread to giving the finger so obviously everything's back to normal. Obviously it is. And, and you know, and I always find it funny that at Christmas time, that's the only time. I mean, I, I shouldn't say it's the only time. It's generally about the only time 
that I ever experienced people with that level of anger in their car. I mean, there's road rage all the time. I know I saw a story a couple of weeks ago that said that Hamilton was, what was it, the highest or near the highest cities for road rage in Ontario. Don't know what that says about us. But but yeah, cr the Christmas shopping, the joy and majesty of Christmas shopping seems to bring that out in, in us an awful lot. Yeah, and jo joy and majesty and Christmas shopping do not go together for me. They never have. But you you know the whole parking thing. I just want people listening to the show tonight to 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 understand. Maybe you're, I don't I don't know. Maybe you're, maybe you're a new out driver. driving right now. Maybe you're out right maybe now looking for right a parking now. spot. Right. Here's the thing about the etiquette, okay? If somebody's got their signal on, uh, the spot is theirs. <laughs> you 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 vacate. You just say, okay, the guy's, you know, the guy's got it. First guy to have his signal. That's like drawing, right? You're a six shooter. First guy to put his signal on, he's got the he or she's got the spot. You so get, you're you're saying you get upset when you've been waiting for eight minutes with your blinker on for the person to load their trunk and they back out towards you. So the car that comes whipping around the corner and into your line and veers in before you can, you, you're saying that bothers you. That bothers me <laughs> in the extreme. That, I'm, I'm not that, I'm being facetious. That That is, I believe there should be an exception in the criminal code that that should be justifiable homicide. I was just going to say the same thing, you know, at, at least justifiable physical assault or something like that. You know, I mean, all kidding aside, it's, it's, it's crazy, but it, but it also speaks to how, oh my goodness, how self-focused people tend to be we just in be. general. And then at Christmas, even though it's the giving season, it gets worse somehow. Well, it's the giving the finger season sometimes. So it's, uh, you know, it works. You're listening to the Scott Radley Show podcast on 900 CHML. Jamie, I got so excited about my ridiculous intro to you at the beginning that I forgot to actually properly introduce you. You are uh, not just a guy who's been on this station with shows over the years. You are, you've been a CHCH reporter. Everyone knows that you're the guy behind West pro media. You have podcasts. Tell about the podcast quickly. Yeah. Yeah. So we've got, uh, so I've got two podcasts, but the first one in, in the vein of what I've done for 35 years in the media, it's a new one called music is medicine. And it's strictly uh, strictly interviews with musical uh, wizards of all descriptions. Uh, we've had Colin James on the show. We've had Natalie McMaster on the show. We've had Sass Jordan on the show. And uh, the list just goes on and on. So if you're uh, looking for some interesting conversation, check out Music is Medicine. And I've got another one called uh, Divorce Solutions, which is tied to my new business, Divorce.com, which we'll discuss in the new year when everybody's had it with each other after the Christmas holidays. <laughs> All right, there you go. Proper introduction. I should have done that earlier. All right. As I said, we are going to be getting into all of the debates around this season. These are the things that people have fought about for millennia, well, or years. I don't know if we go back millennia with this debate, but nonetheless, give you an example. We're going to start with this one, Jamie. You get your choice. Is the appropriate Christmas tree real or artificial? Oh, that's very interesting. That's a very interesting question. As a matter of fact, in the commercial break, I was I was actually mulling that over. I had no idea that you were going to bring that up, but here we are. Um, I guess it all depends on how what you grew up with. In my case, I grew up with a, a real Christmas tree. So when I was a kid, you know, a few years of establishing that for me as a kid, if you had come, if my mother had come to me, you know, when I was like, eight or nine and said, Oh, we're going to get an artificial tree. I'd, I'd have been upset. Like you got to have, you got to have a real tree and it had, had to be a specific kind of real tree as well. Um, but I guess as you get older, <laughs> you realize how messy real Christmas trees are. I've still had one forever. I always um, think of that line from Chevy Chase from Christmas vacation, a little full, full in here, very full in here, a little, little full, a lot of sap. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but you know, when I was a kid with the re with the real Christmas trees, I don't know if you remember that you had to have a Scots pine. Some some people called them a Scotch pine, or but they were Scots pine, which was a a Christmas tree with a very thick thick branch uh, on them, as opposed to what has become popular in the last I, twenty years or so, the spruce trees, the Fraser firs, that kind of thing. Um, it had to be that kind of tree. It couldn't be a balsam fir. It had to be a Scotch pine. 
or Christmas was ruined, you know? And, uh, but yeah, artificial trees, when I was growing up in the seventies and early eighties, they looked like crap. They, they did. They did. They we had a neighbor. They looked like such crap that we had a neighbor across the street from us. True story who on Christmas day, their house burned down because they didn't want a fake tree, but they wanted a real tree, but they had to do old school with the candles on it. Oh yeah. No, no. And no, they no. burned their house down on Christmas day. Yeah, um, yeah, but here's here's good. the tricky part for see so many people now we you know everybody is an environmentalist now. How do you right. choose? So you've got a choice. You either take a plastic product made from petroleum, which everybody oh we can't we can't be having any kind of uh, fossil fuels involved in our world. You know, you either get a plastic tree made from petroleum products, or you chop down a tree and you ruin a life and you take the oxygen out of the air. You're really kind of screwed if you're an environmentalist. Either way. Well, I don't think there's an environmental argument to be made for cutting down a Christmas tree. They're farmed for crying out loud. <laughs> I almost said something else. Um, they're farmed. Uh, I know, but it's still a, it's still a tree that's helping the environment. Oh my goodness gracious! They, you know, come on, enough's <laughs> enough of that. There's no there's no argument to uh, to be made there. In fact, you're you're absolutely right. If the argument is you should put up a artificial tree for the sake of the environment. I'm sorry, you know, you must be out of your mind because there's far more uh, damage to the environment in the creation of a, uh, of a fake Christmas tree than, a, than cutting down a real one. And so. yet there are, we we've had on the station, we've had uh, the, the woman, I can't remember her name right now, pardon me. Um, but uh, who, who speaks for the, she's a spokesman for the Christmas tree growers association. They're having a hard time growing them. They're having a hard time finding farmers who will grow them. The cost is too much. The land is too valuable. It's uh, it's becoming harder and harder to find real ones. Well, and I, I guess at, at some point probably we'll see that that come to an end. Uh, if 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 those economic factors are are pressuring people out of the business and new generations don't want to pick it up and there's no profitability, then I guess then I guess that'll be the case. And and you know I guess on one hand the good news is that the the artificial trees that are out there on the market you can barely distinguish them uh, from a real tree uh in and terms they do of live how they forever look. now and they do and they last a long time we, yeah, we've had one yeah. since probably we were married five years we've had one mostly because our it was either our first or our second year of being married this is a while back now uh we somehow fell behind in the whole we didn't have kids it was we fell behind in the whole christmas decoration thing i guess we were busy with work or whatever and it was either a day or two before Christmas, I went to Fortino's down on Dundurn Street. I've done that. And it was, and we, it ended up being, we had a Christmas tree that the one half of it looked okay, the half facing out, but when we got it, <laughs> the other half was Charlie Brown. And oh, it yeah. was, and by the time we got it home and probably by Boxing Day, all the needles had fallen off. <laughs> and so it was, and we probably, I don't even know back then we probably paid 40 or 50 bucks for it. It was like, okay, let's get a plastic one that we just pay for once. Yeah. Well, they are priced. They are really pricey. They don't, they're um, not cheap. Yeah. They're not the, cheap. The tree, the tree that I got this year, which is a real tree. Uh, and I got it early because, um, you know, I heard there was going to be a shortage and so on and so forth. And my kids insisted that I had to get a real tree. Um, it was over a hundred bucks. It was about 120 wow. bucks. Wow. Yeah. yeah. For a nine, for an eight foot tree. It was uh, not inexpensive. Um, you could have the Christmas fern instead. Right. Exactly. Just decorate you know. the Christmas fern. Have it, you know, something, something easy. All right. We got, we have a 30. So this next question, you only get 30 seconds to okay. answer. On that Christmas tree is the proper, is the proper decoration white lights or colored lights? Colored lights, hands down. Period. Wow. Not even Look a thought that. about that one. No, I didn't even have to think about it. It's, it's, it, again, it was for me, it was as a kid, I know we're almost out of time, it was, was colored lights. They used to be those painted style yes, uh, bulbs, the big ones, larger the big bulbs. bulbs. You remember, yeah. they, they really glowed. They weren't the clear ones. No, they were headlights. Yeah, exactly. And with uh, the brights on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so, no, white, white lights, I, 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 white lights are great, but there's just something. Uh, colors more colorful white lights really are just... yeah well white is white is all colors though jamie <laughs> really and so I... I mean you know i get i get your point but it was yes back in the old days those ones it's like kids don't stare directly at the tree you'll burn your retinas those lights uh, are too bright they yeah. are too bright get uh, back get back by the way you're um uh, there are, there was a poll done on this one recently and uh you're in the minority on this one 60 percent 
go with the just the white lights go with the simple only 40 percent with the color I, i'm kind of with you though and all right and so just to finish this thought little bulbs or big bulbs i prefer big bulbs i prefer big bulbs it's just again it's back it's it's <laughs> it's back to tradition that's all it is for it's again it's how i grew up so that's all that's all it's based on all um, right. No, nothing else. So a, a natural tree with big, colorful bulbs in the white in the West household. There you go. That's uh, what Lots about yours? You're listening to the Scott Radley Show podcast on 900 CHML. It is Friday. It is the night before the night before Christmas, and we are debating all the hardest hitting, most profound Christmas seasonal debates that people have had over the years. Jamie West with me in this dive into rage and Christmas anger. I, was, I thought you were just going to say in, in this dive, and I was going to say it's not well, so bad in here. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Give it time. All right. So we talked about trees. We talked about like, you know, those things that people have fought about in their families. Yeah. So let's get into this next one. This is really now, this is really when we start getting into the fighting here. <laughs> and that is when is the right time to open presents? I'm going to give you four options, which are the four most common, I think, times that people do this christmas morning obviously christmas eve spread them out over a bunch of different times or christmas evening not christmas eve but the night of christmas what is the proper time to open presents oh boy wow okay well for me it's christmas morning does that Uh, help no our family was always that too but we had friends and I, i back when i was a kid we had friends and their tradition was christmas eve and even if it was only one, you got to choose one on Christmas Eve. You always tried to gun for the, like what you thought was going to be the best one, which was usually the biggest package, which often was not the best gift. But <laughs> but there were people we, true? we knew people who it was Christmas Eve. I, I've never known. I did too. Yeah, I've never known anyone who's waited till Christmas night because that would seem to only be designed to make your kids lose their minds. <laughs> Could you imagine? Yeah, yeah <laughs> no, I, I can't. I can't. But the Christmas Eve thing's interesting. In my experience, it, it was usually families who would um, attend midnight mass, for example. Right. Uh, on Christmas Eve. They'd have a, they'd have a, a, a Christmas Eve uh, feast, usually in the, in the Catholic uh, faith, um, they'd have a Christmas Eve feast and then they'd go to mass at midnight and then they'd come home after midnight and they would celebrate uh, with, uh, with their gifts. And uh, I, I thought that was kind of cool, but I thought they must be so tired <laughs> after all that eating. And then, you know, going to mass. And oh, then the kids weren't, the kids weren't, you're, you're never too, you're never too tired to open Christmas gifts. The beauty of that. And we never did that. Uh, I remember like once, maybe twice in my youth, we convinced my parents to do a Christmas Eve one present thing. But even then that was rarely successful, no matter how hard we cajoled or cried or whatever else. But um, <laughs> that would be, if you're a parent, there's, there's, there's some method to that beyond just a tradition, because now you can sleep in, you're not going to be woken up at four o'clock on Christmas morning. Oh yeah. There's a definite benefit to you as a, as an adult, for sure. But my, did your parents let you open one gift on Christmas Eve? That's what I'm saying. A couple times. A couple of times, maybe, maybe twice in our life that we were able to do that. And I'm not sure why they relented those times because they were, no, no, Christmas morning was the time to do it. Yeah. And it's funny. As I think back, I mean, I, I think even as a kid, man, I was definitely a different kid. I think I loved the anticipation more than the opening of the gifts themselves. Yeah. I I was a different kid. I was excited. No, I was excited about the possibilities. I don't know about you as a kid, but I used to, I would look at, uh, under the Christmas tree and I I would watch gifts sort of arrive and appear under the Christmas tree as we got closer to Christmas day. And that was very exciting. And I wasn't a kid that snooped. I didn't snoop around, but I would go over and I would look at the packages. And then I, the fun was in trying to guess what might be in them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, 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 I've always, you know, every Christmas, no matter how many gifts I've got, there are probably two 
that I remember over the years that I received that really stand out. And I don't know why they stand out. One was I used to play goal in hockey. And one year I got a really great pair of goalie pads, which my sister, even all these years later, I was probably 12, has never let me forget. <laughs> it's always been, oh, you got the goalie pads because they were way more than, you know, anything else. But the yeah. other one, I don't know why I remember this one. I got one of those evil Knievel toys where you put the thing on a holder, the evil Knievel. You've got to be kidding. And you pumped it and pumped it and it built up the air pressure. And then he, you, because the, the TV commercials for that were awesome. You, you would fly Scott. like 80 feet and land on the wheels every time. And every time I did it, he flew four feet, went lopsided, fell off the motorcycle in midair. And I don't think I landed it once. You must have been like, we must have been traveling in the same orbit. You just stole one of my stories. I the mean, the, the, SST. Yes, the SST and I, and I had the evil Knievel um, uh, uh, van with all the oh, tools wow. and all the stuff. That went with that, like you could really go fancy with that. Well, that was Christmas of 1974 for me. All right. Yeah. That's and, all right. and that was all I wanted for Christmas. And there it was on Christmas morning. And so isn't that funny that we both had that same experience and the same experience with getting evil to do the thing in the commercial and having no luck whatsoever no luck. doing that. But you know you what know? we say? It's what we say. It's isn't it interesting. I bet you there were 27 million kids who all have the same story back then because evil can evil was yeah i mean totally I, I, taken i'm amazed that all of us that there are not much many more kids of our age with brain damage from building ramps on the street and trying to ride <laughs> our bikes and doing jumps and we did that stuff too you're absolutely you right cinder blocks with a piece of plywood and then you try and jump and <laughs> you know amazing that our heads were harder all right so and, go ahead go ahead no i was just gonna say there was one there was one other thing do you remember the verdi bird the, the helicopter that was on a it was on a plastic sort of like stick and it had a base in the middle and it ran on batteries and you had two levers a, a lever on the right and a lever on the the left and and the thing would take flight that the helicopter propeller would turn it would lift off the ground and you could make it go around this on this circumference sounds dangerous then, which is and, awesome and yeah, and it, and you could, and then you could hover the thing, and you could make it drop down and pick things up off the ground and circle around the Verdi bird. The Everybody Verdi should bird. look. Go and look that up. It was I, that was my other favorite toy. Anyway, you were going to say All something. All right, no, no, okay. Show. So the next, no, no, the next thing then. So when it comes to opening presents, so we've agreed on Christmas morning, which by the way, another poll, uh, vastly. That was the choice. 76% Christmas morning, 12, oh, okay. 12% Christmas Eve, 10% spread them out, only 2% Christmas night. So, all right. So we've, we've, we've agreed on that one. But when it comes time to open the gifts, there's two ways to do this. Everybody gets to go and open them at once or one at a time with patience around the circle. Which way is the right way? Oh, boy. You know, I'm of two minds on this one. Um I, over the years did a lot of you know one at a time and that way everybody gets to see what's what's been received and that that's fun i mean it's fun to see you know what everybody's getting for christmas and you can have you know but it take it can take a long time um and and i've done the other as well i don't know as i don't oh man so I would definitely be as, okay, when I was a kid, these are two different answers. When I was a kid, it was just go for it. That would have been my choice. Yeah. And I would want, I, you know what, as a kid, I think that's probably what I did. And I, I, I would want my kids to kind of do that. I wouldn't want to put them through the whole, the whole thing of, uh, you know, one at a time kind of thing. I think as an adult, you kind of, you, you become you want to savor the experience a little bit. So you're not in a rush. Anyway, go ahead. No, no, because I, I was saying as a kid, I would definitely want the one at a time when I was opening them. But now that I have, uh, have had kids, especially now, I mean, the kids are grown now, but when they were young kids, you want to see them open them. And if it's just a complete uh, flurry of paper going in every direction, I mean, it yeah. already is with dogs in the house who would decide to get in and tear everything yeah. up. But, um, but if you, you want to see them open them. And also I, you know, you also want to, kind i think teach them to be appreciative rather than just like a yeah, mass of stuff absolutely but... and, you, and you, you're right you want to see the look of disappointment on their face when they open that <laughs> that item of clothing that when they get the you, underpants that you got so wrong but you thought was so right i mean That's you right. want to see that 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 crestfallen look on their face oh, let's thanks. be honest thanks grandma a hand yeah. and scarf <laughs> I love it. Pixie slippers. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. You know, look, a hand knit scarf from grandma right now. 
I would be fantastic. Yeah. When you're yeah, seven, you, you may as well bad. say, here, take a screwdriver and plow it into your ear hole. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, about, it's about the same level of excitement. You're listening to the Scott Radley Show podcast on 900 CHML. Jamie West with me this evening, and we are we are debating all the Christmas debates, all the things that people have differed with or disagreed with, or or you know just sort of have a, a thought on over the years. We don't. It doesn't always have to be an angry debate. We don't always have to be the angry elf from Elf. That's although true. that's a great scene. Here we go though. Christmas letters, family Christmas letters. Some people do these all the time. They send out their letters. Some people never do this. Your thought when you receive the family Christmas letters from someone, do you read every word and say, oh, those are really sweet. That's really nice. Or do you go, yeah, okay, whatever. And do you say, yeah, I don't need that. I go, yeah, okay, whatever. Don't need that. I, I find, I find them very um, impersonal and um, yeah, just impersonal. So I, I don't, yeah, I've never been a fan of those at all. How about you? I you probably send one out, don't you? No, we don't. Uh, we I don't think we ever have that I recall. And I I'll tell you what, I have two answers to this one because to me it all depends upon how they are written. There are those we have received over the years that sound like it's adult show and tell, which back in school we used to call adult right. bring and brag. Right, uh, exactly. Where yeah. it's you're sending out a letter to announce all the wonderful successes and triumphs <laughs> of your family and why That's everyone right. else should feel lesser about themselves because we're the greatest family ever. Right. And Johnny got all A's and yeah, all Susie that got all yeah. And right. there's others that come out and I do read them and I think, you know what, that's, it's not that it's just, you know, just so you know, what's going on in our family. Here's, you know, here's where we are these days. And, and those ones I'm, I, I quite actually enjoy. It, it's the, it's, it's all to me in the delivery. It's in the execution of how you always, do it. always. Right. I mean, you, you're a writer. Uh, you know, that, that, that you can feel a, a certain, you can strike a tone in the words you choose to write and how you put those words together. And uh, you're absolutely right. Some, some people have a real knack for uh, doing it well and others not so much. Well, and I think that, you know, and I don't want to be uh, speaking to anyone in particular, and I'm really not at this point, but it, it seems to me that some, that, that the, the reason you're sending this often is reflected in the letter. If you're sending it, as I say, because, mm. you know, we've got three or four kids perhaps, and they're all in different places now and nobody keeps track of, nobody can know where they all are. And so-and-so is in this university. And so that, that to me is fine. It's the, it's the, I think, you know, when you're going into writing one of those, when you're going into penning one of those, what your intent is. And if it's, we have to make ourselves look great and this is our chance and we're all going to, pose in some you know and get some glorious professional photographer to take some you know like that whole thing just eh. but if it's... yeah so so if you were going to write one i'm stealing your show no it's if, good if you were going to write one what what kind of content would you put in it what what do you think um you would do i just it? think people want to have if, if you're going to send one and you want people to read them i think people just want to know honestly where just where where people are in the family and what you're doing and you want to know something some of the ones that have meant they're not meant the most that may sound weird or have have struck the best chord mm -hmm. have been ones where people are saying you know we'd really appreciate your prayers or really appreciate your thoughts mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. you know we've got some tough times and it's it's not about just trying to blow your horn yeah i think if i were gonna if i were gonna do one and i and i never will but if i were going to it, it, I would be, um, I think I would want to draw my audience's attention more to things that I've observed that are a little more outside myself. Sure, sure. Over the years. But that that's partly because, you know, we've spent time, a lot of time in the media too, right? And we're kind of trained to tell people stories that really have nothing to do with us personally. It's so just, I don't it's, know. it's just it's it's an awareness I think is the yeah, biggest thing. Okay, yeah. so so now some people send Christmas letters. Other people just to be around their house will will do the photos with Santa Claus. You go to the mall and you have your kids' picture taken at the mall. Now I, I haven't been in a number of years because again the kids are older now. I think they have become quite expensive. Nonetheless, what what and I, there's a reason I asked this question. What is mm. the proper age to stop making your kids have their photo with Santa Claus? 
<laughs> That's a good question. I guess it's whatever age the child decides they've had enough of that. I don't know. I really like mm. my parents. My parents made few parenting mistakes, but I think making me still take one at 13 was too much. Oh, they made you take one at 13. Oh, okay. they, they, well, we had had this habit of every year we had done one. Mm. My sister was three years younger. And so, you know, she was still in that sweet spot and they said, okay, get in the picture. And I was taller than Santa Claus. I mean, I was sitting on his lap and I was a head taller than him. And oh, all the, wow. all the four-year-olds in line are looking, going, what's he doing? <laughs> so how did that make you feel? Were you totally embarrassed? Oh yes. Oh yes. You know, <laughs> it's, it's okay. It builds character, but I, that, sure, I, that's I was thinking, say. you know what, when, um, may, maybe when, when <laughs> I don't even know what the proper age is, but that was beyond it. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to think about when I bailed out on that. Um, Oh boy. Um, now I did one voluntarily many years later with some friends. I was probably 20 and we thought, Hey, we're in the mall. Oh yeah. That's different. That's, that's different. That's yeah, different. You're, you're, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a lark, but I think seriously for me, I think I, I don't think I had one past the age of seven or eight. I don't think, and no. I think that was it. Yeah. And I had a younger, by the time I was eight, I had a younger sister. So yeah, when I was like nine, it was, then it became about, you, you know, her, I don't think there's a picture of my sister and I on Santa's knee, eight years difference. So it then it became, well, you go and sit on Santa's knee and get a picture taken. So yeah, no, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I if I had been 13, if I'd been in your shoes, I'd have been dying. I um, am, I am really hopeful that, um, uh, as we finish cleaning out my parents' condo and get it up for sale, that we don't stumble upon that cache of photos because oh, I know I what'll happen. No, I know what'll happen. My sister will find it and somehow they'll end up online. I know that's the hope. No, that's, that's what not, I'm hoping for. Th there are, there are certain things in life <laughs> that we just, you know, there are certain, I am oh, so yeah. thankful, Jamie, that we grew up when we did because there was not cameras everywhere and social oh, media know. everywhere. So we didn't have every embarrassing thing we ever did end up online. That said, there are still photographic records and they are still <laughs> embarrassing and they still can yeah. appear. You're listening to the Scott Radley show podcast on 900 CHML. All right, Jamie West back with us. Podcaster, broadcaster, marketing guru, um, owner just general of a, mouthpiece. Is owner fine. of a fine head of hair, one of the best. I mean, second maybe <laughs> to Mike Fortune, but uh, lots of other things going on. Um, listen, Jamie, we, as I say, we're working through a bunch of these Christmas debates, and I, I teased it before we went to the news break. Let's just get to the one that some people argue is the greatest Christmas debate of all is die hard a christmas movie no <clears throat> it is not it, it, it how can how can it be a christmas movie because it's based at christmas time <clears throat> in the nakatomi tower and john mcgrain comes home or mcclain what's his name john mcclain. john mcgrain is the soccer guy from hamilton john mcclain is the top <laughs> of the movie he comes back to get his <laughs> wife at their Christmas party. And that's when all this happens. And there's Christmas music that plays from, I think, Run DMC. I mean, it's got to be a Christmas movie. It's a, just a adventure, you know, violent movie. It's That doesn't fit the bill, in my view. What about you? Do you think so? Oh, sure. Why not? It's, oh, it's, come on. It, it couldn't. Ha it was it was at Christmas time. And I'm sure that's, if that's I all it here, takes to qualify. Well, I'm sure if I sat here and thought about all the movies that qualify as Christmas movies, some like Elf. Okay. Elf is a Christmas movie and I know Christmas is involved, but the entire movie does not happen on Christmas day. No, but the theme of Christmas is all through throughout it. it you know, I, I, I don't know, man. I, you know, I'll tell you, I'll tell you I'll tell you a funny story about Die Hard before we get into it. So okay. a couple of years ago, my wife and I and some friends were down in LA. We were driving around looking at all the stupid stuff like the, we, we found, I, I put together a map of Hollywood, like homes and stuff that were used in shows and TV. Anyway, we <laughs> drove by uh, from Modern Family. We drove by Mitch and Cam's house. That's okay. like stucco kind of Spanish yeah. looking one. And if you look out the front door, if you're standing in the front door, looking out the front door of Mitch and Cam's house in LA, you are staring at the Nakatomi Tower. Oh, is that right? Yeah, they're right close to each other. You can see it from the front door. 
So Mitch and Cam might have been witnesses to the entire terrorist attack in Die Hard. We don't know. It's, a, it's an unspoken, untold part of the modern family story. Yeah, I I don't know. Yeah, I I'm gonna say I'm gonna say no, but that's all right. That's just me. Maybe it's because I'm not. You know, I I was never a really a a diehard fan, so I think my biases are showing and and or, or prejudices and and I wasn't a Bruce Willis fan either. Although I feel terrible for what's happened to him in his personal life with his with this uh, this disorder he's afflicted with. That's mm-hmm. a terrible thing. Uh, just not that big of a so yeah i think it's more for me it's more to do with i i wasn't a fan of of the film itself you know or that uh franchise okay so um and by the way to answer to to give credence to your side of the argument though i disagree with it uh at the bruce willis uh, comedy central roast he said this is his quote die hard <laughs> is not a christmas movie it's a bruce willis movie so for uh, what that counts but okay so if die hard is not your christmas movie what is the Jamie West go-to best ever Christmas movie? Oh wow! Um, whew. Um, I don't, you know, for me that's not a that's not a hard choice. Uh, you know, the, the Alistair Sim version of a Christmas Carol. Oh, is you're, a, you're a traditionalist. A very, very much so. And I know there have been lots of there have been lots of Christmas movies produced, you know, since 1951. That that one would top top the list there's there's also one that's christmas themed called the homecoming which was in the early 1970s and it was a pre sort of a prequel to the to the earl hamner series the waltons and it's it's a very it's very good but you don't you don't see it i think it was a i think the movie was made for television i don't think it was a theatrical release and it's it's a little hard to come by but it's 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 terrific so yeah i kind of go back in time, I like yeah. movies like Holiday Inn and The Bishop's Wife and It's a Wonderful Life. And well, you are old school and and very um, what sort of sentimental. Yeah, I don't know. I, I guess if there's a time of year where I am sentimental, it's probably in that twenty four to forty eight hour period uh, that we're right, you know, getting into right now as we speak. <laughs> and then your cynicism kicks in right away. It comes, yeah, it comes back full force <laughs> on, on Boxing Day. Get the tree down, get the decorations out of here, <laughs> you know, <laughs> throw out the turkey carcass. All right, enough's enough. Enough, that's, that's all the sweetness I can take. Let me yeah, get back to my I, normal life. That's right. On Boxing Day, I go over to the big box store and I buy stuff for Valentine's Day. Like that's see there you go that's that's a good way to do it too uh, I will go with uh, Christmas Vacation see I'm, oh, I'm that's not a, as that's a beauty and that's so beauty. just a couple of weeks ago um, our family and my son's girlfriend we were all over and I decided this was the year we were making it a fully interactive National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation <laughs> okay so anyone who's seen the movie so we had the we went out and bought the moose mugs for oh, the eggnog great. and uh, made Aunt Bethany's Jello mold with cat food in it so we didn't use real cat food. <laughs> And when the dry turkey was there, we had turkey jerky to eat, and oh. we had Jello for the Jelly of the Month Club. We had all kinds of stuff. It was it was the full on what a fun interactive. Thing. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. So I, I don't know that you could do that with Alistair and his. Uh, well, you could you could summon some ghosts or something, I guess. And do well, you'd have to. I'd have to do up a batch of gruel so that you could <laughs> so that you could you know you could spoon some gruel into your gizzard at the part where Jacob Marley shows up you know just... I, I, yeah spooning gruel into your gizzard just sounds delightful <laughs> it, it just it's such a it's such a christmas isn't that a warm thought it is well okay so while you're talking about gruel and that yeah back to the debates <laughs> christmas dinner yeah. yes or no it's okay to have christmas dinner out at a restaurant uh, well, it's okay too. Sure, I mean, it's that wouldn't be my preference. Although some years, I swear, I was so frustrated that I, I did have sort of fantasy visions of sitting out at a restaurant. You know, um, I don't think there's anything. No, I don't think there's anything. I don't think there's anything. I don't think we do it much. That. Some people probably do. I don't think many people do it now. Do they? Let let us know. Send us a text. Know. Send us a text. 905-645-3221. Send us a text if this is something you do. I don't... We used to. For, for five Did or you? six years, my parents would... We would go to a really nice restaurant. I was growing up in Toronto. We'd go to a really nice restaurant for Christmas dinner. And I, it was fine. The food was fine. It was all like I was... 
but but yeah. it, to me there's something about being at either your home or someone in your family's home that yeah you know yeah. you can let down you don't have to get dressed up and you don't have to mm-hmm. you know it's just it's it's it, i don't know it seems to fit better i don't know well it's a little more I, I suppose you know it's a little more formal when you go out because you, you know you you, you got to yeah you're in somebody else's space it's not your home I think you're right. I think, you know, most of us want to be around the home fire, so to speak, whether we actually have a, you know, a hearth or not, we, we want to be around that maybe at our, at our, our table that's in our home with maybe a candle or two. And um, that does make a difference, I think, in how we enjoy the day. Um, I've even, I can remember in the past, one of the, one Christmas I went to Australia uh, my mother, my mother's dear, one of my mother's dearest best friends lives in Melbourne, Australia. And we went there for Christmas and they're wonderful, wonderful people. And my mother was famous for putting on great Christmases for us as kids. We we always had a great Christmas thanks to her, but it didn't feel the same. It just didn't feel, it didn't feel the same. Um, it was fine, but it didn't feel the same. And uh, so, well, there is also something I am convinced of this because we have also been away somewhere warm once for Christmas. Yeah, how was that? It's well, you were in Australia for that. I mean, and that would have been their summer. It is weird when you've grown up around here. It is weird to do Christmas in short sleeves and a t-shirt and go swimming, and it's hot out, and there's no snow, there's no hint of snow, there's no pretend snow. That it's just. There's palm trees. I, I mean, if you grew up there, I'm sure it's very normal and very fine. And, well, but yeah. but even then, even like movies that are made there or TV shows, they always try and do it in snow, which makes it that Christmas in the winter time is the proper time. Yeah. They're all wrong. The whole other hemisphere, they got it all screwed up. They're all wrong. That's right. You got it. Yeah. You have to have the snow. It's the only it's the only time of year that I, I kind of hope for a little snow is, is you know, on, on Christmas Eve, uh, Christmas Day. Not too much. Maybe a few centimeters, just enough to cover the grass, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Not not enough to need CAA. Yeah, not enough for me to have to get out my shovel and for me to have to get off the couch with my turkey and go and shovel anything. I can't be bothered with that. Okay, so we've talked about we've talked about the idea of whether you can do a restaurant or not, and whether you should be out or not. But here's one: it a lot of people still, whether it's going to a restaurant or even just for the sake of christmas day a lot of people still dress up for christmas they they will put on a nice shirt a nice pair of pants maybe a tie maybe yeah. more than that they will do is that something that is a good tradition that we should do more of because we tend to be exceedingly casual in our lives these days anyway whether it's work whether it's going out we 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 are a casual people now compared to what we used to or is it good that we are totally casual and we don't have to be tied to these traditions of getting dressed up i think for i you know i think for me i I like that idea i I maybe you know maybe we try to strike a a happy medium now you're talking to a guy who you know almost seven days out of seven wears black t-shirts and blue denim jeans that's what i live in you're kind of like the steve jobs of hamilton it's kind of like that, you know, uh, boy, do I wish I had his brains and his money and, you know, had lived the life he lived. Anyway, it's, you know, the thing, the thing is, it's for me now getting dressed up is is somewhat novel. Um, and I do enjoy it. I, I, I think anybody will tell you, I think it's particularly men will tell you when you're dressed up, you feel a little better. You've got a little more swagger, you know, you, you feel a little bit better. Until, of course, you jam down all that turkey dressing and stuff, and then your gut starts to bloat, and then you want to Well, you need the elasticized dress pants. That's what you need. Um, So I don't know. I don't know. I guess it's whatever floats your boat or whatever you know i don't think we room. dress up enough i don't think i like i'm not I don't talking think we do about, either i'm not talking about getting dressed up every single day there was a time when you did that i mean you know but you're but, right we don't we don't but we, we don't have get become dressed up enough. So, we've become so casual that I, look i was i was watching a video on facebook or something the other day of a teacher that i know mm. who was teaching in his or her class i don't want to identify any in any way this person and honestly they looked like they were in their pajamas and it's like if you're going to be okay if you're going to be in front of a bunch of kids like at least put on in my mind a polo shirt and a pair of decent pants decent oh I, i'm i'm with you all the way on if that if you're going I... into a workplace 
time and I, place. You know, I, I torn pants is that like I, there is. No. We have we have taken the to me we've taken the idea of casual to such an extent that it becomes ludicrous now. Well, and we're you know we're all everybody's afraid of somebody saying uh, it, it, you know or even thinking never mind saying that it's in a, maybe inappropriate to wear torn pants or pajama bottoms to work or to be a teacher. Oh, I don't feel safe now. I'm being bullied. I don't feel safe. That's my personal self-expression. And I, you know, I can't, I don't feel safe. Like everybody's so, so hair triggered to that kind of baloney that it's allowed what's happened to happen. And I, I agree with you. I think that, I think that a d- degree of dress strikes a chord of decorum. And then that, you know, brings on a more mannered um, room and, and uh, group. I think that's good. Like I wouldn't have, you know, if my grandparents were around, they would dress up a bit and I would be, I would dress up a bit and I'd be instructing and insisting that my children dress up a bit. I wouldn't just let them put on whatever they wanted because I'd want to show some deference and respect to the senior members of the family at the table. That's, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. In well, fact, that's a really good thing. It's an interesting one because I don't, I mean, look, I, again, I don't know how many people do this in our family. It was not a, I mean, look, my, my dad was, was a very good at what he did and he, he dressed every day. I mean, my dad wore a tie mm-hmm. every day to work. I don't think there was probably a single day in his working life that he did not wear a tie and it became sort of a thing. So at Christmas dinner, he oftentimes would have a tie on because that's just what he wore. That was almost what he was comfortable in. That may be for a lot of people too much, but I do think we lose something when we casualize things to a point that just the idea of getting dressed up is like too much work now, even for one day, for one dinner, for one event. Yeah, absolutely. And and look, that's not to take away from the the fun of saying agreeing that you're you're, you're going to have this family Christmas dinner and and this year we're all going to wear our favorite hockey jersey or we're all going to wear our favorite ugly Christmas sweater, which that's all fun too. You can and you can do that. It's fine. Yeah, I'm just yeah. talking about nothing. Where where you do, where nobody. Yeah, I mean, I yeah if you're going to do a theme, that's great. I love the idea of that. But if it's just, oh, I'm going to show up and I'm just going to like, you know, throw on a pair of fat pants and like, right to me, I'm not talking about every single day of the year. To me, it seems like there are a few days when it's okay to expect that. Well, sure. And it's supposed to be, uh, Christmas is supposed to be a celebration of a lot of things. And um, even if you, even if you're not religious and, and you don't necessarily celebrate the the birth of, of Jesus Christ, you maybe you're secular, you're, you're celebrating togetherness with your family you're celebrating life you're celebrating maybe you come maybe it's been a a, a weird year and your family's come through a tough time you're celebrating your you know getting through all that whatever it is right or there's new love or whatever it is um it's a time of celebration and togetherness and i think that that you know kind of um calls for that kind of thing if if that's you know sort of the tone that's being set nothing wrong with it at all in fact i as I say, it's a good thing. We need more of it generally in society. Bring back fedoras too. I need well, those. You know what? That would be a uh, the, the the folks who what do you call them? The folks who make hats. The um... oh yeah, Milners are they Milners? No, Is that what they're called? I'll think of it. There's another name for it. I'll think of it in a moment. Oh but, well, uh, yeah, the hat makers. <laughs> That's the, yeah. The, the I thought they were makers. called. I thought they were called Milners. No, I don't matter. It doesn't matter. I'll look it up. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I, there's I haberdashers. The, I, haberdasher. That's what I was thinking of. I was thinking of the I, I, line from Spinal Tap on. when they were talking about that. The haberdashers. Yes, the haberdashers would love it if the fedoras came back as a as a regular thing, and maybe you know bow ties and poofs as well. Yeah, I don't know. I I I, I, I oh, now you're driving me crazy here because now I got to find out what's a hat maker. And no, yes, they're... every and even though by the way, even those ties with lights that light up and everything, they count. So that's uh, that's okay. It's a Milner. It's a Milner. Milner. A milliner is someone who designs or makes hats, especially well, women's dasher. hats. What's well, a haberdasher? Oh, okay, let me, let me hang on a second. What's a haberdasher? I think that uh, a haberdasher, a dealer is... in men's clothing. Ah, okay. There so you go. So... All right. Well, they'd like it too. So the the milliners and the haberdashers. It's a celebration <laughs> for all. You're listening to the Scott Radley Show podcast on 900 CHML. 
Jamie West back with us as he has been um, as we debate the the unimportant issues of Christmas, but the ones that probably get most people fired up. But this one, Jamie, we we go from a lot of kind of silliness and peripheral stuff that really, you know, is, okay, do we have a real tree or a fake tree? And is Die Hard a Christmas movie? All that kind of stuff. Here's one that people really have been bent out of shape about a lot. Is there anything wrong with saying Merry Christmas or should you be saying Happy Holidays to be more inclusive? You know, I, I love the question. <clears throat> or as they all say nowadays, Scott, thank you for the question. Thank you for the question. Appreciate that <laughs> at all these news conferences. Thank you for doing your job and asking me a question. Um, there's there, there's no question for me whatsoever that Merry Christmas is absolutely fine because the entire greeting is bathed in an intent of giving and joy and a wish that something great will happen to you. It's got nothing to do with any, it's, it's obviously Christmas is, you know, a, a religious holiday, but if you're not Christian, I can't see how you could possibly be offended by me wishing you a Merry Christmas. Um, any more than I would be offended by my Jewish friends saying happy Hanukkah to me. I mean, it's all down to intent. What's what's the intent behind your message, right? I don't know. Yeah. What do you think? Well, no, I, I I agree with that. It's interesting. About a week, week and a half ago, I wrote um, a piece in the spec about something similar because I was I I was sort of caught off guard when I saw this thing online. It was a, a list of Christmas events, and one of them was a Christmas concert at the Temple Anshe Shalom in Hamilton. Mm -hmm. I thought, okay, mm -hmm. I'm not totally up on my Jewish theology, but I'm pretty sure that's not normal. And so I called the rabbi and I said, is this, you know, what you do normally? He goes, no, of course not. We rented it out, but we're, we we allowed them to be there. And we got talking about this a little bit. And here's what he had to say. This is Rabbi Cohen from the temple um, about people who accidentally or intentionally, whatever, wish you Merry Christmas. The fact they're giving, this is his quote, the fact that they're giving me a positive holiday greeting at this time of year is great. And then I said, really? Like that's, and he goes, what could possibly be wrong with that? I mean, the more joy, the more <laughs> exactly. light that we can bring into this world, particularly at the darkest time of the year, there's absolutely nothing bad about that. And I, I, I heard that and I went, okay, so if the leading rabbi in the city doesn't get offended when someone somehow doesn't notice that he's a rabbi and wishes him Merry Christmas or it slips or whatever, why would anyone else? But we do. No, well, not we, not you and I, obviously, but people do. We we have this endless fight about whether or not it should be Merry Christmas or, oh, I'm going to offend somebody if I say Merry Christmas. Yeah, I mean, my, you know, it's for, for me, it's always been Merry Christmas. And I don't have time uh, when I'm out and about uh, in places because I will talk to people. I will greet people that I don't even know. I'll smile at them. I'll say hello at different times of the year. I'll say Merry Christmas to people um, in stores and things. Uh, and I don't know whether they're Jewish or Hindu or what. Um, and I feel, I don't feel like I have to sit and think about, oh, well, what if the person's not this? What if the person's not that? Because I know what my intent is. And it's just like the rabbi said, uh, it's the same, it's the same thing. I mean, if I, you know, I've got lots of Jewish friends, if I, so I know that. And so I won't reach out to them at Hanukkah and say, Merry Christmas. I'll say happy Hanukkah to them because I know that there's, they're celebrating that holiday and vice versa. I will get Merry Christmas greetings from my Jewish friends. But if a Jewish friend said to you, Jamie, happy Hanukkah, and you're not Jewish, would you be offended? Not at all. No, I, yeah, see, I don't. This is the thing. You're right. This is not a, a celebration where someone walks up to you and the greeting is screw you. Right. I <laughs> That's mean, right. like that, that you would take as, okay, now I, I'm being offended by that. If someone is wishing you a greeting, no matter what it is, if it's meant in good faith and in positive ways, does it really matter what it is? If they walked up to you and said, Tulips forever. I mean, like, I don't care. I'm thinking of something like, does it okay. matter if it's meant no. well, who cares? And here's the other thing. If somebody, if somebody comes up to me and they say happy holidays, great. 
I know what the intent is. They're they're being positive. They're giving me a positive greeting. They're saying, be happy. Hope you're happy. You know, maybe I what's wrong? What's what's wrong with that? What's wrong with things is when we decide what's right and wrong about things that are clearly intended to be positive. It's when we start really dissecting things and deciding to try to to uh, put a negative spin on on something. Well, can I, I can I can I suggest that one? And this is something that you may disagree with. You may agree with. I don't know. It seems to me that almost all of the times that someone says we can't say Merry Christmas or we shouldn't say Merry Christmas because we might offend somebody, those people have not really asked the people who they think might be offended, who generally are never offended. It's a preemptive expectation of offense that doesn't really exist. Couldn't agree more. Well said. I mean, that's exactly right. Uh, we make up all kinds of... Uh, uh, stories in our in our own minds about how people will feel or whatever without ever asking them and that that's a that's just a general problem that we have not even within our own families you know we decide how a certain member of our family feels about something without ever actually asking them that we're we're so afraid that we won't even we don't even have the guts to ask the person how do you feel about this you know, it is, uh, it's a good, and now we didn't even get into, Hey, we got one minute here. What about a public place? What if city hall, you know, there's always that question yeah. about on the jolly cut, Merry Christmas or happy hall, whatever. What about that? Is it, do you think it's still okay if a public facility says Merry Christmas? Yes, I do. I do. I do. And if they want to put up a uh, happy Hanukkah, when Hanukkah falls on the calendar and happy Kwanzaa and and everything else, then I'm all for that too. Like, go ahead. It doesn't have to just be that, but we know, we know when traditionally the Christmas season is. We it always falls on, you know, the the 25th of December. So, no, I don't have a problem with that at all. I would never, I would never have fallen for that political correct nonsense. Well, there's one other thing. We got to go to a break here, but there's one other reason why I, I I agree with you, and that is I do think that there is also something that we 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 don't like to talk about this. We don't like to think about this. There, to me, there is also something about tradition that the country has certain traditions, and you know, some will say, yeah, but the indigenous people were here before we did Merry Christmas. Sure, okay. Um, and I, as you said, I don't mind having those traditions, but traditionally for hundreds of years now if you in canada it was merry christmas is one of the things at this time of year i i i don't know that as you say i don't know that we have to ignore the others but i also don't know that we have to just obliterate the tradition and pretend it didn't happen no we we don't and in fact i know we got to run but it's not even a matter of ignoring the others in fact i i'm gonna i would make the argument that let's talk Let's talk more about those ones too. Like I sure. want to know, I want to know more about all of that. Let's talk about that too. But we don't have to eliminate Merry Christmas or Christmas at, at the expense of learning about other ones. It's a good thing to learn about other ones. Let's do more talking about that. You're listening to the Scott Radley Show podcast on 900 CHML. Jamie West with me uh, today as we're as we're keeping going here with the e- with the Easter. Uh, how did I do that with the Christmas debate? <laughs> I, I just I suddenly jumped in a time warp through about four months ahead of time. You uh, talked a few moments ago, well, an hour or so ago, when we were introducing you about all the things you do, and one of the things that you do is a podcast about music and about musicians. So let's get to this one. Which um, well, let's just get to this one. Okay. Two famous Christmas fundraising songs. Back in the 80s, there were three famous fundraising songs that came out. We Are the World, but that was summertime. That was right in time for uh, the Live Aid concert. But Do They Know It's Christmas by Band-Aid. No, by, um, yeah, by Band-Aid in Britain. And Tears Are Not Enough by Northern Lights here in Canada came out for Christmas. Which one of those, or neither, is the better song? Oh, hands down, uh... Do they know it's Christmas? It's the better. The British one two. is better than the Oh, Canadian? oh, absolutely. I I know I'm go- you know, my countrymen may may uh not agree with me, but I think a lot of my countrymen would agree. Um 
yeah, no, I think the I think the the British one, it was the it was the one that led it all. It was the first one and it was unique and it has it has tremendous uh power even to this day. Um it's it's become I couldn't I, I couldn't imagine Christmas without hearing that song a few times. That's that's how much how strongly I feel about that. So there you go. Are you surprised at my answer? Um I, I no, I'm not I'm look, I'm not surprised if only because um I'm not sure that I have a either one would have been okay. I mean I, I depending on the day, depending on the 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 mood i'm in whatever i don't know what else um i am i would go with either one i mean there are times when i think northern lights is is the better one um that was the last of the three that was that was done um there was the 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 band-aid and then there was the we are the world with quincy jones and you know and michael and lionel richie and all that that crowd and and then ours we were the last out of the gate with uh with our song and it's a fine it's a fine song i think david foster probably composed it if my memory serves me correctly um yes but yeah. it doesn't have at just as a song never never mind the the uh the wonderful spirit and intent behind it which is all great across the board right across the board they all get the same marks for that but just as a song itself it doesn't even it, it doesn't even come close in my view to uh to to band-aid and do they know it's christmas do they know it's christmas is just a complete emotional uplifter if anything i think the northern light song is a bit of a bummer to be honest it has it leaves me feeling a little more depressed don't they know the tears are not enough it i don't know it's it's weak i think anyway you know it's funny about canadian about some of the canadian singers i thought all of us we have some amazing musicians in this country but i gotta tell you some of our greatest musicians their voices aren't exactly what we would call classically brilliant <laughs> leonard, <laughs> leonard cohen neil yeah. young um it's, yeah true <laughs> uh, i mean who a uh, gordon lightfoot although you know better i suppose true but though but you're right we have you're... a bunch that like are in the bob dylan venue milieu kind of thing here where you go it's a good thing they write good songs because they they're if they were on american idol they would not have made it to hollywood well even brian adams i would i'll say um like his ballad voice i don't like i didn't i didn't like a a lot of his but as a rock singer i loved his rock songs because he's got a more he's got a, a kind of a gravelly sort of voice you know, uh, it's, it's sort of his throat sounds a little irritated. And so it lends itself more to a rock sound. Just my subjective uh, opinion. That's all right. So, so here's your real test. We don't you can't even right. hear the music right now. But can you tell me the first three singers from Tears or Not from Do They Know It's Christmas? Who oh. sang the, the who started? Yeah, these are a, these are like these are big time. The I'm going down the list here now. I'm cheating because I've got the list in front of me. But Paul Young started. Paul Young Bono's the is he the third? Boy George is second. Yeah, George Michael, then Simon LeBon from Duran Duran, then Sting. Oh yeah, then Bono with the, the um. Well, tonight, thank God it's them instead of you. The uh, the most yeah famous. right yeah the punctuation on that verse. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Now the other one, um, Tears Not Enough. Do you do you remember who started Tears Are Not Enough? I was just saying about that. Was it Burton? He was, no. second. He was uh, second. Hold on. Hold on. Was it uh You're about to say it. Brian Adams? No, Gordon Lightfoot was first. Oh, oh Gord. And and then Burton, Burton was second. Cummings. Yeah. And then and Brian? Then, and then Ann Murray. Oh boy, okay. And then Joni Mitchell. There's another one. Joni Mitchell, another one who doesn't have the traditionally no brilliant voice, but is considered one of the great singers. Then Dan Hill, Neil Young, Brian Adams, oh, and then yeah. uh, Mike Reno with Liberty Silver. Whatever happened to Liberty Silver? Who was Liberty Silver? <laughs> She's currently residing in the where they now file. <laughs> I, well, a lot of them are. I mean, yeah. it's, it's um, the 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 list. Okay, so the list of. So it goes Gordon Lightfoot, Burton Cummings, Ann Murray, Joni Mitchell, Dan Hill, Neil Young, Brian Adams, Mike Reno with Liberty Silver, Carol Baker, Ronnie Hawkins, and Murray McLaughlin. Okay, Corey Hart. Mm. Uh, Mm. Then you get the French people that no one had heard of outside of Quebec before. 
Right, because um, we had to make it bilingual. Got it. Right. Yeah. Uh, Bruce Coburn, another one who falls yeah. into the yeah. interesting voice. Yeah, Getty sure. Lee. Getty uh, Lee. Love again. him. <laughs> there's another one. Yeah. Um, Adams Unique. and Don Gerard. Uh, Alfie Zappacosta with oh, Lisa yeah. Dalbello. Both Carol, of them had unique voices. Anyway, yeah, carry on. Carol Pope with Paul Hyde from the Paolas. Salome yeah. Bay, Mark Holmes from Platinum Blonde, and Lorraine Sagato from the Parachute Club, and Mike Reno. Uh, Lorraine Sagato, by the way, we, we got to move along here. Lorraine yeah. Sagato, my most embarrassing moment on radio, probably one of them. I had her on here, a, a, you know, a Canadian rock icon, and I was having her on the show, and as I was introducing her, Something through the glass in the window in the studio distracted me for a moment, and I completely lost my train of thought. And when I introduced <laughs> her, I said, well, thanks for coming on, ma'am. And, oh! <laughs> and there was a pause, and I know she was thinking, ma'am? Really? Ma'am? Li- li- and little... I just was like, yeah, okay. I just, w- w- whatever. Just just put a shovel in my head. Like li- It was just embarrassing. I, I know we got to run a little piece of trivia, though. Her yes. sister, Carla, Carla Zagato, was the promotions and marketing manager of of the very radio station we're on right now back in the 1980s. Well, and I bet no one called her ma'am. No, nobody would dare. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, you don't call rock stars ma'am. But anyway, even for Christmas, Uh, as we go, eggnog, yes or no? Oh, yes. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, a couple. But you got to mix it with rum. Like you have to put proper rum in it. But absolutely, got to have a couple of those. I in will, fact, I'm going to have a couple now when I get off the air. This this last couple of weeks, I've bought a d- bunch of different eggnogs because one runs out. I like eggnog. I'll tell you, yeah. there is such a difference though in the store bought stuff. There is some that is so delicious, and there is some that tastes like it was milked from a toxic cow that was brought from. Okay, Chernobyl. well, g- well, g- give me a recommendation. Kawartha what, Dairies. Get... Just go get Kawartha okay. Dairies. It costs the most, but it is. By far the best. All right, I'm on it. And they're not even a sponsor, I don't think. Yeah. Although they uh, should be. They should be now. Send us a skid of eggnog as thanks. It's okay. (laughs) I love it. Jamie West, you can find his podcast. You can find him. uh, Go to West Pro Media. You can uh, can find find me everywhere. You can find him everywhere. Jamie, thanks for doing this. Have a Merry Christmas. Scott, a pleasure. A Merry Christmas to you and your family and a very happy new year. We'll talk to you then. Take care. The Scott Radley Show. Weekday evenings from 6 to 8 on 900 CHML. The Scott Radley Show podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Scott Radley. Thanks again for listening, and do not forget to subscribe to this podcast. It is free. You will never miss an episode. And also, be sure you rate us and review us. Whatever you think of us, we'll take it. Thanks for listening.